We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota. And I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark coming to you from somewhere a little further south and probably a little more humid, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, uh, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. And this is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, basics. the Basics, and we are welcoming you to a happy uh, Independence Day, July 4th uh, this morning. Uh, how about you, Matt? Are you guys going to do something special to celebrate the 4th? Yeah, well, we'll be together. We might barbecue, I think, is the plan. Um, you know, it's hard to find something special to do on the 4th with the, the <laughs> pandemic and the circumstances the way they are. Uh, but I, I don't know about you, but there are more fireworks going off in our neighborhood than I've ever remembered. So I don't know if people are trying to make up for the lack of big displays and doing their own displays <laughs> or what. The, what's the deal with that? But, uh, boy, there's fireworks popping and going off everywhere. So that that's what I was going to say. We, we're kind of disappointed because uh, they usually have a big display here in Northfield. And it's like just two or three blocks from where uh, our, our daughter Kara lives. So we can basically just go over to her house and stand in the backyard. But, no, no, uh, because of COVID, it was canceled. But, yes, I was reading an article that, that – the com- uh, not not the commercial, but the private sale of, of fireworks has been greater than ever before in the history of our country. So yes, I imagine there will be lots of opportunities. All you got to do is just go outside, and I'm sure someone in your block will be shooting off fireworks. So that's right. Free <laughs> displays everywhere. Um, yeah. So buy your sparklers, John. Do you get the sparklers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we're, the grandkids are actually coming uh, this uh, weekend. And so we'll have the sparklers for them. And uh, maybe those things you throw on the ground that go pop. And, and uh, do you have the snakes? Oh, yeah. The snake? yeah. Yeah. You set fire those and they kind of you know, the, the black ash that comes out. Oh, yeah. You got to love the snake. Oh, yeah. You got you got to have the snakes. And then the sidewalk um, is stained for weeks afterwards. <laughs> You know what we don't have anymore, and it's probably because people were were blowing their eyes out or cutting, blowing their fingers off. Remember the parachuters? Did you have parachuters? Oh yeah, when you were yeah. In? You blow those, and then yeah, the parachuter jumps out, and then you try to catch him wherever he falls. Yes, yeah. Oh, where? Yeah. And of course, it always got stuck in a tree or something. <laughs> daddy, daddy, can you get that down? <laughs> okay. So, um, well, anyway, we wish everybody a, a happy uh, July Fourth. Hope we have a blessed. And yes, please don't hold the things in your hand. That's the other thing. I remembered the Roman candles. That's what oh they were called. And dad would hold them in his hand as they were blasting off explosions of fireworks. And oh man, I'm you know it's a wonder that we we survived those days. <laughs> so so yes, yeah, so please you know light them and get away from them if you're doing it at home. Be be safe. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, thanks, John. No. Uh, so Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you, you gave us lamentations a few weeks ago, and apparently we didn't have enough of the sadness. So now you want us to go to the sad prophet, Jeremiah, who wrote lamentations. Is that right, Matt? That's right, John. Fun times on wrestling with the basics. Glad you tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> on, on this celebration, on That's this holiday. Right. Woohoo! Yeah. 
Uh, no, but uh, on the other hand, though, what an appropriate couple books to look at, especially uh, during this time of pandemic and during yeah. uh, our nation, which has so many blessings. Oh, my goodness. Uh, God bless America and, and uh, the many blessings we received through it. But uh, a nation where there's obviously turmoil, though, and civil unrest and all sorts of struggles right now. I think that uh, the book of Jeremiah is a good place to turn because, oh, boy, the, the nation of Judah and the, specifically the Sea of Jerusalem during uh, Jeremiah's time, oh, in turmoil, and things were not good. And yet the Lord has a word to say to Jeremiah and to his people, even in the midst of all that. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, Jeremiah is probably a pretty good book to, to maybe take a look at for the next uh, couple Saturdays here on Wrestling with the Basics. So, so, Matt, what's the time framework for Jeremiah? When is he prophesying and to who is he prophesying? Sure. So uh, Jeremiah uh, is a prophet uh, during the time when uh, – the southern kingdom of Judah is still standing. Okay, okay. So just a real quick, quick review, a whirlwind review of the Old Testament here, John. So, um, you know, they the, Israel had judges, right, and then God uh, allowed them to have kings to rule. The first king was Saul, and then we have David, and then Solomon, and then after Solomon, the kingdom splits apart. So there's the the northern kingdom, Israel, and then there's the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, so. Uh, the northern kingdom of Israel uh, really doesn't have any good faithful kings. They're all pretty rotten. Uh, so 722 BC, uh, they're taken over by the Assyrians uh, and pretty much no more. Uh, Judah, that southern kingdom still there. And so Jeremiah comes along during a time when the southern kingdom uh, has begun to turn away from the Lord, worship false gods. Uh, and Jeremiah is there to speak the word of the Lord that's not real popular, but that uh, there's judgment coming, uh, discipline coming, we might call it, uh, from the Lord and to turn his people back to him. Uh, but he also says that eventually, though, the, the reality of things is they're going to be taken over, too, uh, by the Babylonians uh, from the north. Uh, so uh, Jeremiah has a tough word to share. It's a word of law. It's a word of uh, God's judgment and discipline, uh, a word to turn back to the Lord. But yet it's a word that's necessary. And it's a word that that also has hope. And I, I hope that as we discuss that uh, on Saturday mornings, that, that that word of hope comes out too for the people of Judah and for us too. Well, and, and I'm thinking, you know, a few weeks ago, you and I were kind of playing the role of Jeremiah as we talked about uh, the COVID when it just started. And that, too, uh, is a discipline from the Lord, the word you use there. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, like you said, God doesn't discipline people because he hates them. No, if he hated them, he wouldn't do anything. He'd just let them all go to hell. Yep. No, no, the call to repentance uh, that we have here in Jeremiah to the people in Judah is intended uh, to to bring them salvation, and, and even though they won't heed that call, uh, God continues to to call up upon them to repent, and indeed, in the end, He will bring them back to their uh, homeland. Exactly, I think uh, that that parent-child relationship is maybe a really good example. And and like you said, John, we only discipline our kids because we love them. It'd be a whole lot easier not to discipline them. <laughs> My yes, job would be yeah. easier as a dad of a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old. Um, yeah. But boy, yeah, do whatever you want. And come home whenever you want. Uh, eat whatever you want. Uh, do your homework whenever you want or not do it. Boy, uh, boy, life would be easy as dad. But uh, we discipline them because we love them. And we remind our kids of that uh, every once in a while. Uh, you know, they kind of roll their eyes at uh, discipline and 
uh, we say, well, it's tough being loved, isn't it? <laughs> it's really tough being loved because guess what? We wouldn't be disciplining you if we didn't love you. And yeah. Keep yeah. That for them too. Same with the Lord. And, he he loves the people, so he disciplines. And your kids are an interesting age. That That is the difficult age. Yeah. Little kids, little problems. Big kids, big problems. <laughs> where, where, where do you want me to read, Matt? Okay, so we're in Jeremiah chapter 1. And uh, we want to read about uh, Jeremiah's call. First of all, I, I just gotta I gotta clarify something, John. Especially sure. because you're of a, a certain generation, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, what? Yeah. yeah. What's that crack? John, okay. Go ahead. Jeremiah is not a bullfrog. <laughs> okay. But the song insists that he is, Matt. Yeah, no, Who are we night and uh, join yeah. the world. Th- thanks very much for that opening line. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Yeah. I needed to spell that right away. I mean, I'm sure our listeners you know, realize that, but just in case. Uh, no, we're not talking about the bullfrog. We're so not that bullfrog. Jeremiah. No, okay. not that Jeremiah. So before we dig in, let's let's get that straight. So, so this is the weeping prophet we're talking about. Uh, okay. So, hey, you know, and just real quick, John, you know, if our if our listeners, uh, if they've got the Google on their phones or on their computer, <laughs> uh, Google find search for uh, for Jeremiah uh, on the Sistine Chapel ceiling. So uh, really, I, I haven't been there in person. I'd love to someday. But on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, one of the people depicted is Jeremiah. He's not depicted as a frog. He's depicted <laughs> as a prophet. But but check that out and just look at how um, how uh, uh, Michelangelo depicts him. I think that's interesting. He he looks like he's just you know got done weeping and he doesn't have any more tears to shed and he's kind of hunched over and just in despair. And uh, boy, as a prophet who for four decades uh, preaches and is pretty well disregarded and has to preach this word of law to people, um, you could see why he was depicted in that way. So anyway, Google that. I think that's kind of a neat image to kind of have in our minds as as we hear Jeremiah's call today and consider what God called him to do. Yeah, Jeremiah and the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah look right. that up. Check that out. Okay. All right. Well, enough of that, uh, John. If you want to, yeah, go ahead and start with uh, Jeremiah chapter one. Let's start with verse four. Now, the word of the Lord came to me, that is Jeremiah, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Yeah. So let's let's just stop there real quick. Uh, I I think it's kind of neat that you know, it's in the first person, you know, Jeremiah is the one telling the story. I think yeah. that's kind of cool that the Lord came to me, the word of the Lord came to me saying, and and look for that phrase in other places in Jeremiah. Again and again, the word of the Lord's coming, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And that's all Jeremiah is doing is speaking the word of the Lord. Uh, nothing more, but nothing less either. Um, it's that word of God. And I think, uh, you know, that one verse in Jeremiah, uh, verse five, I think we see um, a, a couple important things just in that one verse. You know, first, I think we see God creates, that God creates. You know, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Uh, I, I think those are beautiful words, John, you know, because they're true for Jeremiah, but they're f- true for each one of us, that uh, God knows us. God knows us no matter who we are, no matter uh, our race or ability or, or anything else. Um, he knew who we were. And I think that's kind of neat that even before he formed us in the womb, he knew us. Uh, because I, I think that we, you know, sometimes we preach on even, you know, God's formed you in the womb and, and created you, and, and rightly so. 
Uh, but even before we were formed, even before conception, uh, God knew us. And I, I think that's just, just so remarkable that God in his infinite knowledge uh, and wisdom and love uh, knows us. And I, I, I think uh, hopefully that's that's a comfort for us, too. I'm thinking especially for, um, you know, parents uh, of a child who maybe uh, was lost. Maybe there was a miscarriage or a, a death before birth. Um, that God knew that child, knew them in the womb, but even before then uh, knew that child. I think that's just uh, remarkable, uh, the remarkable statement here for Jeremiah, but also for, for every one of us too. And, and you know, Matt, it's, that's, an, that's an interesting concept because we think about God being eternal. And, and then, of course, we think about ourselves and we think, well, that's the difference, of course. We're not eternal. We, we have a birth. Sure. Uh, we, we, we believe that we will not have an end. We believe that we will live forever with, with God and our loved ones in heaven. But, but now you've pointed out that, in a sense, we were eternal, too, at least uh, from the mind and knowledge of God. That, uh, uh, that wasn't like a point where all of a sudden we sprang forth. Uh, well, well, we did. We did because he formed us in the womb. That's what it says. But in, in, the, in the mind of God, we were there all along. And, and that's kind of comforting. And it kind of gives you an idea why the world is still in existence. Because I know especially when we have struggles and trials, people wonder, well, why hasn't God brought this to an end? Why hasn't he put an end to the, the suffering and, and the trials? And yet it's because he's got all these people in his mind. He knows them even before they've been born. And, and he's just waiting. He's waiting for their time to come and be part of this this life uh, uh, with the desire, of course, that someday they would be with him uh, eternally in heaven. Yeah, so that's a neat concept. And I think we need to know that, that we've all been in the mind of God uh, eternally. And, and, and that is a great comfort to know that uh, he will keep us with him eternally as well. So Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just mind blowing when you think about that. You know, their oh, real is. beginning in, in God's eyes, at least, uh, is even before conception, uh, yeah. before we were formed in the womb. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so God, God creates us. But I think then in that same verse, we see uh, that God chooses us. Uh, he goes on to say, before you were born, I consecrated you. I think that's neat, too. Um, well, that's a cool word. What, what's that word mean? Yeah, to consecrate, yeah. to set apart. Um, okay. you know, for a special purpose. Um, you know, so I, I think that's incredible too, that, that God does that with Jeremiah. And again, uh, before he's even born. Uh, so it's not because Jeremiah was uh, a great guy or eloquent or well-equipped or, uh, you know, some fantastic, you know, preacher. He wasn't even born yet. He's <laughs> still in the womb. And yet God set him apart for this special job. He chose him. Uh, I think that's, that's a neat, insight too. And and the verse goes on, appointed you to a pro, as a prophet to the nation. So the specific setting apart for Jeremiah for a specific job to be that that prophet to Judah, certainly, but but also to the nations. Um, and I, I think that's, again, a, a word of comfort for us too, that, that God calls us. And maybe it's not to be a prophet to the nations in the same way Jeremiah was, but we think of the different vocations. That's a nice Lutheran word we like to use the vocations, the callings that we have in our individual lives. Uh, we think about our jobs and our home life and, and our, our family life. Where has God placed us? And I think that in the same way that, that God appointed and called Jeremiah for, to that vocation, he, he, he equips us for the vocations he called us to. Um, I, I like that one phrase where, uh, it, you know, maybe you've probably heard before that, that God doesn't call the equipped, 
but he equips the called. <laughs> you know, this idea that God doesn't choose people or call them because they're they're equipped and fantastic folks, but but he he equips those that he's called, uh, like Jeremiah and like you and me. So I, I think just, just that confidence for our listeners, whatever vocation, whatever calling you have, even if you feel overwhelmed in those vocations at times, I know I certainly do, um, God, God's called you there and he's going to equip you and give you the gifts needed to fulfill that. And, and perhaps most importantly, he'll be with you in those calls. That's his promise. Yeah. And, and you know, Matt, uh, a, a couple of things. So, so it was very, very difficult for Jeremiah to be the prophet, as you've said. Yes. Uh, uh, he he was persecuted. He he did not see a lot of success in what he did. But it doesn't change the fact that was the vocation that God had given him. Uh, you reflected earlier. It's not always easy to be a father, especially as your children grow older and and you begin to realize that you don't have quite the control over them that you might have had when they were small enough. You could pick them up and put them in bed if you wanted to. Um, and yet, I think that's the point of the vocations that that we 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 know that God has put us in these positions to love and care for people, uh, especially when it is difficult to love and care for them. Um, and, and yet at the same time, then the vocation reminds us that we are sinful people, that we are not really equipped. We do not have the strength in and of ourselves to do these things. And we really, really need the Lord's help, which, of course, as you said, we have. We have. Definitely. And I, I think that comes out so well as, as Jeremiah quotes the Lord. You know, again, listen to, to now it's God speaking. You know, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before yeah. you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. You know, God is the one doing the the creating and the equipping and the consecrated and the calling. And if God's going to be do that for Jeremiah and for us, oh, he's he's going to see us through. He's not going to call us and abandon us. He'll give us what's needed for that calling that he's given to us. And, and I want to make one more comment because it strikes me that he was appointed as a prophet to the nations. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's particularly helpful for us because we might think, well, he's talking to the people of Judah. What do we care? What do we care? Those people are long gone. Uh, but I think that's a reminder. No, everything that Jeremiah is doing here, he wasn't just doing for the people at that day and that age, but he was doing for all people of all times. And so certainly we need to listen to these words and, like you said, apply them to ourselves, too. We are also the ones he has consecrated. We are also the ones he has formed. And we are also those that he has appointed. So. Yes, exactly. Um, if and if Jeremiah is the prophet to all nations, then God is the God of all nations. So yep. it's, yeah, yes, yeah. So yeah, uh, what does Jeremiah think about all this? Uh, he's got this call from the Lord. Uh, what's his reaction? So here's uh, in the verses that follow. This is uh, Jeremiah's response to the Lord's call. Then I said, "Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth." But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Yeah. So uh, Jeremiah is called by the Lord. Wow, how awesome is that? But then what's yeah. his reaction? Oh, Lord, no, uh, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a youth. He starts to make excuses. Uh I'm only a youth. That word there in Hebrew, it's it looks like he's probably under the age of twenty. <laughs> so he's he oh, is okay. a teenager, perhaps a young time. punk. Okay, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so you can imagine being called at that age and told by the Lord that you're going to be doing this. Uh, so he starts to make excuses. I'm only a youth, right? Uh, I think that's so interesting, though. Uh, that's almost uh, 
that should almost be expected if we've read the rest of the Old Testament. <laughs> we think of yeah. uh, people like uh, uh, Gideon that's called by the Lord. We think of uh, Moses who was called by the Lord, Isaiah, and so often, yeah, excuses are made. Uh, no, Lord, what are you thinking? I can't do this. Uh, but again, the Lord equips the call. And that's exactly what he does for Jeremiah then in the verses that, that follow, verse 9 and 10. Well, and it's kind of interesting because the Lord's kind of pointing out that this is going to be a difficult assignment. Yeah. Maybe he has a reason to be afraid because he says, do not be afraid of them. And, and you know, the Lord never says that unless someone is afraid. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard that? It's fear not all the time. Well, that's because they are frightened. That's because they're afraid. But then again, and, and that's the fact. See, what I think is cool is he doesn't say, oh, don't worry. You'll be strong enough to do this. Don't worry. I'll give you the ability to get this accomplished. No, he says, don't worry, because I'm going to deliver you. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is you probably will be totally inadequate yeah. for the calling I've given you. You are not good enough to be the father that you have been given uh, to do. But that's okay. I'm the one that's going to deliver you. That's what you're going to see. And I love it. Declares the Lord. Again, as you pointed out, this is the word of the Lord for, for Jeremiah and the word of the Lord for us, too. Well, I, I think that's so beautiful, John. You know, I'm glad you pointed that out because, again, that's that's for each one of us. Uh, what's yeah. the remedy to fear in verse 8? Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. And and that's the remedy for fear for us, too. And, again, there's a lot to be afraid of, perhaps, at least that, uh, that's what it looks like when we look at our world around us right now. And same remedy to fear. The Lord is with us. That's his promise. And He'll deliver us. And he already has in Jesus Christ, right? That, that you know, even if, if we should succumb to the coronavirus, um, which I, I hope that none of other listeners do, uh, but even if we do, the Lord's delivered us. He's given us the gift of life everlasting to Jesus Christ. He's delivered us from sin and death and the devil. And uh, oh, thanks be to God. And he's with us in the midst of, of, of all things. So, uh, yeah, beautiful words there. So do you want me to read on, Matt, yeah, or what would you like to do in our closing uh, With verses 9 and 10. Okay. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and break down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. All right, so that, that's the job. Uh, he touches his mouth. I think that's so beautiful, that, that tangible, tactile touching of Jeremiah's mouth. His words are in his mouth, and, and that's that's the job of a prophet. That, that's the job of a pastor, right, John? Uh, we just right. speak the word of the Lord. That, that's all you do. You just speak and, and, and that's what we're trying to do here on Wrestling with the Basics, aside yeah. from the silliness that we speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope people can make that to say, I pretty much think they can. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I think so, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, <laughs> this is, you know, the, the, that's, that's the goal, to speak the word of the Lord. Um, what, what more is there to do as, as a pastor? And sometimes that word is uh, not popular. Uh, sometimes it's embraced uh, readily, sometimes uh, not so much. Um, and, and that's really the case with Jeremiah too. Uh, I think that's kind of interesting is, is over the nations, he's going to pluck, pluck up, break down, destroy, overthrow, uh, but also build and plant. So, you know, I think a lot of tough words there, verbs, you know, plucking up and breaking down, destroying and overthrowing, but there's also hope here in the midst of Jeremiah to build up and to plant. And I hope that, uh, you know, as we have opportunity to touch on Jeremiah a little on uh, wrestling the basics on Saturday mornings, we, we see that too, uh, that we are built up, that the word of God is planted in us uh, through 
uh, the book of Jeremiah and through, uh, through everything we discuss on Saturday mornings together. Well, thank you for that beginning, Matt, and, and then uh, we will continue our discussion of the prophet Jeremiah, uh, continuing in chapter one. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, chapter one. What, what we just read was the familiar part of chapter one. What we're, what we're going to take a look at next week is the not-so-familiar part that, you know, we kind of do need to do some unpacking because it's a head-scratcher, John, uh, when you hear some of these words that he, the Lord's going to say to Jeremiah. All right, we will continue then our look at Jeremiah, the the uh, sad prophet on wrestling, wrestling with, with the basics. The basics.